0: All right, so this morning we'll open up our our meeting, our gathering, with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's go ahead and put the first one up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us, because we are absolutely convinced that He has given His life for all of us. This means all died with Him. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. Now just stay there for a second, Isabel. So the important part for us to really capture this morning before we go into worship is to recognize the fact that you and I, that all people who are believers in Jesus, are considered dead. We are considered dead and buried with Christ as far as the old sinful nature the old life goes and when we are in Christ when you give your life to Christ you are in Christ you've surrendered your life to him and now your life is hidden in Christ so just as he was crucified dead and buried as we're going to celebrate a good Friday this coming week and Easter next Sunday the resurrection just as Jesus was crucified dead and buried so we are united with him by faith in his crucifixion, his death, and his burial and resurrection. So this scripture is telling us who we are right now. This means that all of us have died with him, so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. So this is a, a mind renewal thing here, that when we recognize that we are dead and we have died with Christ, we've been crucified with him, and that we're no longer our own, But now we get to come into the new life that he has for us and not have self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So let's move on to the next slide. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. So I'll just pause again. So once again, if I'm crucified, dead, and buried in Christ and risen with him, and you're crucified, dead, and buried in Christ and risen in a new life in him, I'm not supposed to look at your life regarding regarding the flesh any longer. I'm supposed to look at you according to the new life, the new nature, not your old nature. So it's easy to pick out stuff of the of the flesh. We had a lot of time in this life to look for the dirt in each other's lives. As Jesus said, you know, pull the log out of your own eye before you look for the speck of sawdust in somebody else's eye. So it's important for us to not only recognize who we are in Christ and who He says we are, but who He says the person next to you is. And even if it's a, a, a man or a woman, a boy or a girl that is not yet saved, they have not yet come to Jesus, God is calling us to see them, to, to look at them as if the new life has already begun, and then we can call them into what He has for them. It doesn't mean they're saved already, it just means that, we can see what, what their life would look like when they come over into his camp, into his kingdom. So we get to call out, even with non-believers, we can call out the gold. We can say, I just see things in your life that you were born with gifts. You were born with these qualities and these characteristics that are, you don't have to tell them that it's like reflective of the nature of God, but you can tell them, I see these things. These are positive things that I see in you. How many of us are so used to everyone picking everyone apart and you go into the workplace or school or wherever, and it's so easy to, to hear people just like bickering and down-talking other people. I mean, maybe you live, live or work in a good work environment where that doesn't happen all the time. Or you've been an influencer, and you've been able to set the tone. That's a good thing, because that's another part of our privilege as believers. As those who are the new creation, we get to actually... Establish the atmosphere when we walk into a place. You get out of your vehicle or you walk out of your home full of peace, full of the the presence of God and you walk into a place and you're like, oh, this just feels really like dark or this feels really strifeful. It's an opportunity for you to not respond to the atmosphere and agree with it and be like, well, I guess I just have to suffer here and become dark with it or just, you know, hold on. But instead, we get to say, No, I'm going to take authority. Because if Jesus walked in the room right now, what would he do? WWJD. I know it's a corny thing that people got sick of hearing, but what would Jesus do if he walked into the room? He would change the atmosphere. Well, guess who lives inside of you and me? Jesus. We carry the presence of Jesus everywhere we go. And he wants to live through us and he wants to shift the atmosphere. I swear, we need to get t shirts. That'll be our first Legacy City Church t-shirt that says, Shift Happens. It'll mess with people's eyes. They'll be like, what does that say? Shift Happens. Then they'll ask you, what does that mean? You say, well, come visit us on Sunday morning and you'll find out. Okay, so back to the scriptures here. I'm I'm taking my time as this little pre-worship warm-up scripture tidbit. This is like having the pastry before the coffee. And we're just going to, Savor the word of God, the bread of the word For a moment longer here So even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh We regard him thus no longer Therefore, if anyone is in Christ He is a new creation Just say it to yourself I am a new creation I am a new creation The old has passed away And behold, the new has come I think we have one more All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Is that the end of it? Oh, no. We are ambassadors of the anointed ones. Now we're shifting into the passion translation because it's just a little more passionate to emphasize this last part. And why don't you guys stand up because we're going to We're going to worship without part of our group in hopes that it'll draw them out. So this is you and me. This is every believer on the face of the earth, whether they've realized it or not. And this is our prayer that this morning as we worship Jesus, that we would come into agreement with his word and who he says we are. Because this is what he paid for. This is why he went to the cross. To blot out our sins and to give us an identity and a mission in life that he could live his life through us through your distinct nature and character of how he created you, that you would be a unique expression of God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. That's an amazing privilege that you and I have that through our lips, through your lips you and I get to plead with people to be reconciled to God. Pleading with them directly through our lips so we tenderly we don't get in their face and be rude and say you're going to go to hell if you don't repent. No, we tenderly (laughs) plead and we've all seen those people. We tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made only one who did not know sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. So let's go ahead and pray and we're going to blast off into worship. Jesus, we love you. We come boldly into your presence this morning, Lord. We come into your very throne room We come to worship you and to give thanksgiving to you. We come to adore you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the great rescuer. You are our great high priest who went before us and you made a way, you carved a way out for us to come into a relationship with you. We thank you this morning that your blood has washed out all of our sins, that we are no longer marred and stained by sin but that we have been clothed and covered in your perfect righteousness. This morning, Lord Jesus, we just tuck in underneath the robe of your righteousness. We come to worship you. We come to just lay our lives at your feet and to adore you. And we just say this morning, come and have your way. Come and have your way in this place. Even if we're just a small gathering this morning, Lord, we we come to meet with you because you are here with us. And you've come to be with us as we lift up songs of praise. God, this morning, we want to enthrone you on our worship. We want to build a throne in this room, in this part of East Bremerton. We want to establish your throne, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done and your presence and your kingdom would be released from this room out into our city. But we say, first of all, come and have your way in us. Come and change us however you want to change us. Come and make us look more like you. Come and remove the things that are inside of us and give us the upgrades that your word tells us are ours as a relationship with you that we've inherited. So we love you, Lord, and we invite you and we come to lift our praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. That you love us, that you're the lover of our souls. God, that we can just speak the name of Jesus and there's power there. God, the power that, that shatters curses. God, the power that breaks the heavens open over our cities and over our lives. God, we just, we just love your name. This morning, God, we just love your name. God, we just bless your name, God. We thank you, God, for this time when we could just come together and bless your name and love on you. God, thank you for the name of Jesus and the power in the name of Jesus. Welcome, y'all. Anybody have anything to share, word or anything, testimony? Yeah, come on, come on, line it up. The line's real short right now. Oh man.
1: Come on, Connie. You want to hold it? Sure.
2: Good morning, priests and kings and queens. <laughs> So uh, this is kind of half-baking in me, but you know, our, our Father is a full-baked God, so I'm not gonna worry about, He, he can use even my partial um, revelation of this. So what He's given me this morning is like, and been baking in me, but we've all heard Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there's no law. And some days I'll look at that and go, Wow, <laughs> that's a great list. That's our inheritance. That's our legacy to our family. Um, what he's showing me is that that's the Spirit leads us to and points us to Jesus, and and that is who Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are, and that His love is uh, unconditional, and that His joy is unspeakable, and His peace passes all understanding, and His patience is always true. His kindness is always there. He's always good. And his faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, there's no end and no boundaries. And when we were praying this morning and singing the songs about Jesus and his word, this is who he is. This is, this is, Jesus is the word. So every one of these belong to us. And I just thought sometimes the enemy will come in and go, that's a tall order, Connie. And you know, you fall short of all of this and it's like but I think what he's showing me and I'm gonna to start to cry is that no matter what's happened in our lives you know if we had a falling out with a friend or something you know that just wasn't going right is that he's redeemer and, and as I've come under condemnation and guilt and shame and all that other stuff this has been a major breakthrough and I'm just on the verge of it so bear with me while you watch me trying to walk this out <laughs> Because it's truth, it's like, no matter how much I've screwed up and fallen short with my kids or my friendships, um, he's rede- he can redeem all of that. He's the redeemer of time, if we wasted time not knowing that we were, but we just did, because we weren't really in sync and following him, we were doing the best we could at the time. None of this is guilt or condemnation, so God, please don't let that come out of me at all, because th- that's not who you are you're full of grace, but what he said is, no matter where you fell short, no matter how you screwed up deliberately or otherwise, I can redeem that, and yesterday, I'd a, I've had a relationship for like 55 years, and that tells you how old, old, old I really am, but, um, and it's been rocky the last couple of years, because I was going through something, and we have different levels of friendships, so this friend was like considered my best friend, but wasn't there in the last two years of my life when I was really going through a lot and can't give what you don't have I mean that's just the way it is but we had like the longest time that we've had in years we had like nine ten hours together and it was God redeeming a long long friendship that had had a lot of highs and lows which is life he could even redeem that. And it took my breath away. Because I went in, I talked to a very wise person that said, okay, you, trust has to be drops in a bucket. You know, we build trust because that's, we're safe people. And we want to offer that. And that it takes a little time. So go in with lower expectations and high boundaries. Protect yourself, but don't be like protecting yourself from people's love. But protect your heart. It says guard your heart. Sometimes we forget that part. And so because of those things that we speak into each other's lives and we share wisdom, there's counsel, there's wisdom, counsel, and many, that's what he did for me. He placed people in my lives that kind of prepared me for this really important, significant relationship. And it wasn't about me. It was like the women and the people that I love that have wisdom. And so I guess that's just how fortunate we are to have each other And that we don't have to go back in time that God is always saying, I can redeem that. That's not a big deal for me. No matter how bad it looks, no matter how hopeless, he is redemption. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone. (laughs) You know, when you think about Palm Sunday, you think about Jesus' triumphal march into Jerusalem. You know, people shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But the other part is, is two days later, most of those people that were shouting that turned on him. And when Pilate asked who they wanted to let go, the murderer Barabbas or Jesus, they picked the murderer. But Jesus from the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that, like Connie said, that has come rippling through time. From the cross onward, and thank God we are in that time. We are forgiven. The one that doesn't let us forget it is the father of lies, the enemy that comes along, and he speaks condemnation. He says, you're, not, you're falling short. You're not doing it right. So we need to remember that we are forgiven, for we know not what we do. We live on a planet that everyone's working something out. So don't ever think it's your fault that something is going on in your life. It's because we live in a fallen world. Don't let the enemy beat you down. Use your words. I am forgiven because of Jesus' work on the cross. He paid it all, and we are forgiven.
4: So, well, and thanks, Connie, for that word. It's funny because we were talking about something similar this morning about how, um, you know, we look back and we're like, if we could go back and change this, we would change it. I don't know, maybe if we changed it, we might make it worse. But, um, yes, and the Father, he's right there to... He, to release us from all that condemnation and just um, come in. And he's already got that situation under control. He's already, he's already been working that situation for years, bringing us to where we need to be and bringing the other people where they need to be and just um, setting up a perfect moment. So, um, oh, so, but what I really was wanting to say... <laughs> <laughs> was um yesterday was a really busy kind of kind of a hectic day for me and I it was here and there and here and there and i was in these different uh situations you know people's homes were nicer than mine our car was nicer than mine you know they were dressed nicer than me and um it was <laughs> What was what was nice is when I got home, I was like, you know, my house isn't perfect. I, you know, there's so many other things that could be right and perfect. But when I came home, <laughs> but when I came home, there was that presence of peace and there was that presence, just the Lord's presence. And I thought, you know, Uh, this is so much better, the Lord's presence, the Lord's peace, is so much greater than nice stuff, good stuff, nothing wrong with the stuff, but just uh, in the absence of peace, it's just not enjoyable, so it's just stuff, stuff. yeah, so that was, that's that's it.
1: morning everyone so um bear with me a minute i'm feeling a little overwhelmed so when um in worshiping um just really being in warfare and um the spiritual realm although we don't uh, see it there are times when we can perceive it in what's going on and i was thinking um as i was worshiping that we live in the dash right between then now in the future and that's where the Lord is because he's in the waiting and sometimes that waiting can be really a lot of chaos and turmoil and things that are unresolved and stuff that's going on that comes against us and we have a lot of uh, volleys that are lobbed at us and seems like we're just going like this all the time and I was thinking when um, you're watching a movie and something's going on with that person they're standing in the movie and then it pans around in this big swirl and sometimes you feel like that, and you can't see those all those little pieces, and you can't see the angels that are at work, and you can't see how the Lord is working things out, because he's in the details, every single bit of it, in the roughness, and in the chaos, and the confusion, the things that come against us. And it's like that tapestry that I've mentioned before. When you turn it around, you see all the little bits and pieces, the gold, and the, and the drab pieces, and the coarse and the rough pieces but he is working it out. So when those things come against us, it's like King Hezekiah when he was getting all of those letters that were coming against him and it was overwhelming. And what did he do? He laid them out, each and every one of them, and he laid them out before the Lord. So sometimes I feel like that's what we need to do. And so the Lord was showing me that sometimes it can get really chaotic down in the valley, but there's... there's um, action that's going on that we don't see and I was seeing almost like a dust but also in the dust there was this gold that was shimmering so it was this big stuff that was just rolling around and then I'm seeing the tips of angels' wings coming up through the dust and as I'm looking up I see on the mountain and then the valley turns to gold so it's kind of a now word in the Um, the forth telling of being in the valley but it's also a foretelling prophetic word that it turns to gold and sometimes we can't see the bits and pieces along the way but the Lord uses every scrap of it so think of the mountain and think of the gold.
0: read everything that was insane? No, it was all good stuff, man. Anybody else? Anybody else got a little burning word, like a hot coal inside of you? are just like, it's just like pounding in your chest. Come on, do it. Do it.
2: I just wanted to give glory to the Lord and not the enemy, that this thing that he's working out in me and in, in my trust and my faith of him, which has been waning for a little bit, Sometimes we get circumstances that just sort of take us out, and that's why we need each other to just say, you aren't out of the fight. We're going to stand in the gap. We're going to be there for you. And that kind of love from my brothers and sisters is overwhelming. It's so necessary to my well-being then I can go out and, you know, do the same. But what he what he said to me is, I was believing a lie, and this is so important, is under pain and anger, disappointment, there's always a lie of the enemy, and for me it was, you've just screwed up so bad with your, with your family, and I have great kids, so this is not to put them down, but again, as Sharon was saying, I wish I could do some things over. Um, now I would be a mother at almost 70, and There's only one woman in the Bible I know that did that and I'm not her. And so, um, thank you Jesus, but childbirth at this time would not be fun. But what he was saying was, you believed a lie that Satan is more powerful and can steal, rob, and destroy than I am God who redeems every single thing. There is nothing our God cannot do. So knowing what the lie is, is so important to getting that kind of revelation and freedom because I've had a hard go of it. And if I didn't have people praying for me, I probably wouldn't be here. So God gets the glory, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So don't leave. Okay. Okay. I'm going over. Hang this. (laughs) We're not going to let you. Okay, so just close your your eyes. You guys, why don't you stretch your hands towards Connie for just a second. So as you were sharing, Connie, I just was uh, feeling like God was highlighting some things over you. And I just hear him say, you're a kingdom girl. You are a kingdom girl. You hear the king's voice with a golden ear. Like a detective, you search out kingdom clues. Because you know there's hidden treasure. Oh, she's a forward follower, right? Yeah, That's right, okay. Yeah, like a detective. I just see you like like a doctor who, who's, or wh- whoever, uh, with a little magnifying glass. Yeah, maybe it's the hat this Sherlock morning. Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. But I just felt like when I looked at your hat, I was seeing you like a detective searching out kingdom clues because you know there's hidden treasure. So you search it out. <laughs> You're funny. You're running in the race. Your feet are ready. Run, 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 he's, he says. Run. He's ready to play the running playground game with you. He wants to have so much fun with you, Connie. He just says, you've got your running shoes on. So he literally do. So, so I just feel like he's saying, you're, run, you're in the race. You're running the race. And he's saying, come on, my girl, my kingdom girl, my kingdom daughter. Run the race. And you're going to find little nuggets and treasures all over the playground. So we just say, "Fire of God," to saturate and fill with courage and hope and comfort and everything else. In Jesus name. <laughs> you might want to walk her back. She, this is, she's an easy one. She's an easy one. <laughs> oh <laughs> And I, I told the Smiths this last week, but I, is she OK? Okay. Okay. She's good. Just soak back there. Just soak. We'll turn our sprinklers on and aim them at you. I was telling the Smiths last week that you know their their last name actually means like a craftsman, and I felt like God said they're wordsmiths. They are wordsmiths. So we just we recognize the obvious. On your lives that you too, as a powerful team, as a couple, are speakers and declarers of the Word of God, and you're creative with it, like a craftsman. You are wordsmiths. So we just want to recognize that over you guys. That's not a prophecy. That's just a word of obvious or something. I don't know if there's if that's a thing in the Bible. A word of a word of the obvious and uh, and Naira. Re- word you oh right there yeah it just you know I love that line that is a lion on you right yeah you know I just I was like oh man I just was seeing like lioness and and so I was hearing God just say boldness and fearless like you have a boldness and a fearlessness so when you feel intimidated and maybe fearful just remember you have boldness and fearlessness all over you yeah, yeah. And I also saw you like a lion tamer. You know, that's kind of funny because Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the Bible also warns us that the enemy prowls like a lion. See, he's deceptive. He he tries to fool us. And he also tries to put things on our God that aren't part of God. Like, oh, that sickness comes from God, you know, to teach you a lesson. That's just a lie. But I just saw you like a lion tamer you like have the chair in your hand and the whip and you're just like, get back, devil. <laughs> so anyway, it wasn't like a major, major word. I just want to encourage you with that. And yeah, so awesome. So this morning when I, I woke up, I, you know, I wasn't like getting major downloads or anything, but I, as I was getting ready, I just felt like God was showing me, bringing to memory a scar like an actual physical scar on the body, and how it seems like for weeks it was like taking forever to, to heal. You know, you get out of the shower, you towel your face off. Okay, it was, a, it was a zit, I'll just be honest. It was a zit, yes, I'm 51 years old and I still get zits. I don't know, I thought that was over with. But I'm hitting my third puberty or something like that. Anyway, um, you know, it just, it kept getting, I'd dry my face off and it would be bleeding again. I'm like, two weeks later, it's still there. And so this morning, I felt like, before I even looked in the mirror, I felt like I was just thinking about that, like God, it was a God thing, like he reminded me that it's fading. And I knew there was something on that. So this is just kind of what I I typed up. Um, These are seasons of new beginnings. So there are scars that all of us have. There are wounds. Sometimes when we start to look at the wound and focus on it and start picking at it, look in the mirror and you're just like so focused on the blemish and you feel like that's all people see on me is that thing but he is saying take your eyes off of the blemish I'm going to heal that blemish layer by layer you're going to see the wound just getting fainter and fainter and fainter because that is who he is he is the one who makes all things new he releases newness of life he says to take the things that are of the past and let's put them behind and let's go forward because this is a new season. There's, there's healing. There's sounds in the air. Angelic sounds. So, seasons of new beginnings. Old wounds and scars are fading. The past is quickly fading. He's making new memories. He is making new memories. Right now... And these days, these weeks that we've been walking in, there are new memories for him that he wants from him that he wants to upgrade in the forefront of your mind so that the things of the past aren't dragging you backwards, but the new memories are the things you're delighting in and you're rejoicing in. And these are the things that he is putting before you now, the new memories that you get to look back on next year and be like, yeah, that was a new season and it was a good thing because now look where it's at. He's propelling things forward in your life and in our lives, all of our lives. So he's making new memories. I feel like there's fresh encounters. This morning was a fresh encounter. The presence of God is here now, and his presence was just beautifully flowing in worship. I'm getting to just care less and less how weird I might look when I'm worshiping. If I start dancing around, you know, whatever, just, just be like, okay, he's just encountering Jesus right now. I probably won't go all out, but, you know, I want to sometimes. But there's fresh encounters. He's breathing new life into your spirits right now. Just breathe it in. Just receive. He's breathing new life. He is the God of new life. I'm not talking about the church, but yes, of the church too, New Life Church in Bremerton. But he is the God of new life. He, he makes, takes the old things and makes them new. Layer by layer of old scars, they're fading. Painful breaks are becoming faint memories. And I just feel like The word, and I've used brought this word out before, but I felt like now it's just another time to say upgrade. So just declare it over yourself upgrade. Connie was speaking of upgrades. When we see that list of the fruit of the spirit and we realize where we fall short, he's not condemning you, as you guys reminded us. He's saying it's upgrade time. This is your inheritance. You said it, Connie. That is our inheritance, the fruit of the Spirit. Everything of God is ours. We have inherited Jesus. We have inherited the kingdom, the king and his kingdom. So everything he is, we get to receive and pull into our lives. And that's what he wants. He wants to upgrade us. We're going to look at Isaiah 61 in just a second. But this is the last thing I felt this morning. I felt like he reminded me that he, he is on our unity as a church. Yeah, we're a little church, but there is a unity and a cohesiveness that He is stirring and bringing together in this place. He is on that. There's a lot of things in churches, maybe even in this church, that He's not on. There's just things He's not on. He's just like, nah, that's really not anything I'm, in, you know, impressed with or concerned about. That's not really a kingdom upgrade, but whatever. It's not like He's gonna, you know, go off on it and make you, you know, just like throw you off to the side because you're focused on something that He's not really on. But the reality is, there are things that His presence is on, and He is inviting us to really pull into those things. Unity is one of them. There is a unity in the Spirit, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, where the the blessing of the Lord is at. It's in Psalm. Help me out. Psalm what? Nineteen, where brothers dwell together in unity. It's like oil poured down. It's one of those psalms. It's in there. But there's there's there is a blessing of the Lord. That is where the Lord's blessing remains. That is where the blessing of the Lord is at. It is when brothers dwell together, brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It's like oil. That is where the presence of the Lord flows over the body. Just like oil being poured over the head of Aaron the high priest from the top of his head running down his beard onto his royal uh, priestly garments. That is how he wants to just bless the unity that, that he sees on our church, on our relationships He's also on our trading up, our trading of the old things for the new. So there's some old things that we're all, we all hang on to stuff. You know, if most of us just—it's our nature. We like to collect things, and you know, there's times to clean out the junk drawer. It's time to go into that closet. It's time to go out into the garage and go into the basement. Finally, get rid of that stuff. Take it to Goodwill. Someone else could have it. He is on that part of our lives when we are taking things that need to go, and we're saying, Jesus, I'm ready to upgrade now. He is on that. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to second guess if he wants to bless or give you permission. Swallow again here. Give you permission to step higher into something. There is no condemnation. Jesus paid the price for you and I to have an inheritance that he paid for so that the Lamb of God could get the full reward of his suffering, he is inviting you to step into the upgrades. He paid for them. It's like, use it or lose it. <laughs> that, I believe that is what we are going to face when we are, are you getting warm? Oh, okay, Thought maybe I'm smelling or something. I believe that those are those things that will be burned up On that, where the believers face the judgment seat of Christ and all of our works are tested and what remains will be standing. But the, the things that we built with that are the chaff, the wood, the hay, the stubble, that's the stuff that'll get burned up. The treasure that will remain are the things that we pull from Him, from our inheritance and we, we implement it into our lives. We, we let it become our identity, and we walk in it. Those are the things that will remain. Obviously, the dead man, the sinful nature, all of that was crucified dead and buried with Jesus on the cross. And we were resurrected into a new life. But it's the habits of the old dead man that we often pull in. And it's just the unimportant, not even just necessarily the the sinful stuff. It could just be the distractions, the worries, the concerns, the things of the world, the concerns that weigh us down, that keep us from pulling the treasures but I just want to remind us he is on the upgrades so he's on our trading the old things we have held on to for the new things he has and I just was reminded of this picture I had probably a year or so ago now your heart and my heart you know they say your heart is the size of your fist so make a fist kids look at your fist do it Oscar check it out make a fist that's how big your actual heart is that is the size of your heart. And just like, just like when you hold something tight in your hand and you don't want to let it go, that is how your heart can be. You can retain things. You can retain things that are actually poisonous to your body. And Jesus is inviting us to open it up, release those things that are, that are held tight in your heart, release it to them. Because he wants to trade you up. He wants to trade up and give you something good to replace it. So oftentimes, you know, the, the most poisonous little seed that we can eat, those little morsels, sometimes it's, it's gossip. Sometimes it's just being bitter or jealous or angry. Sometimes it's just pure old unforgiveness. We all deal with it. That's why we've been going through our inner healing Class, our, our sozo training time at our house and really the whole foundation of, of inner healing of sozo which is the word for salvation which is what Jesus paid for Jesus died to give you a sozo he died to give you salvation and the key the, the main key of that salvation gift that he's given us is forgiveness wow I've been forgiven and how do I release that grace gift of forgiveness in and through my life by releasing others. Just as I received, so freely I'm gonna give. Just as I've been forgiven, so I'm gonna forgive. So let's just take a look at some scriptures here. Oh, let's put that Moravian quote, slide number nine first. I just, I love this quote. And you guys, if you haven't looked it up yet, we'll look it up another time where that, that quote comes from. But may the lamb that was slain receive the full, I always add full, I think I've heard it differently. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Jesus died on the cross to get a reward. He wants his reward. His his number one reward is people. We are his inheritance. He died to rescue us, to bring us into his family. He died to bring sons and daughters home to his father. And we are his inheritance. And in our inheritance as his sons and daughters that have been redeemed, he's given us the benefit package of the cross. It's kind of like getting a new job. You know, you get a new position, you're a son or a daughter in the kingdom. You got a benefit package, full benefits, better than any job any Microsoft or anyone could give you. You've got complete forgiveness of sins. Even when you screw up, his his grace covers you. You know, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, wow, that's a pretty good benefit of the cross. Doesn't mean you should, like, rack that one up to the hilt, okay? Because he says, that's not what I've called you to. It's not your identity. Your identity is not a sinner who just sins, sin, sin, sins, sins, so that you can get grace, 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 grace. But where you do sin, grace abounds. So we don't need to get all hung up on the sin stuff. When we stumble, when we mess up, we just need to get back up and be like... Shh. Okay, Father, just brush that off me. That's not who I am. Sorry about that. Thank you that you have covered me. Thank you that you have made provision. I don't need to beg him to forgive me. I can thank him for already forgiving me. How many times have, and I'm going to side trail on this just for a second, but how many times have you and I fallen down, we've sinned, and then we get stuck on that begging God for forgiveness? How do you know when he's actually done it then? If if we're going to just spend a whole week and being like, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Does he like give you the silent treatment for a week and he's like, it's the calendar. That was seven days ago. Okay, you're forgiven. He's not like people. He doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. Jesus took care of our sin on the cross and we were crucified dead and buried with him. When you gave your life to Jesus, that is what happened. Your sin debt was nailed to the cross. He actually died for the sins of the whole entire human race from Adam until the very last person born. That doesn't mean that everyone will be saved. That just means that he already paid the price. So those who receive him and those who believe in his name get to be saved. But those who reject him, those who reject the gift of forgiveness that he paid for, that will put you out of his kingdom. Our focus this morning is not on that, but that's what it comes down to. So if we can wrestle with that whole thing of when we mess up, we, we got to quit making a bigger deal out of it than he does. I really feel like we beat ourselves up and we, put, we heap self-condemnation because we feel like we need to punish it. We don't want to just say, Jesus, I know you took the full punishment for me on the cross. No, I got to do something to help. So I'll just kind of mope around and put sackcloth and ashes on, put a sad face on, and let everyone know I'm really sad because I'm weak, sinner. You better pray for me because I want to be holy. You know, I want to be better. you guys relate into what I'm talking about? We've all, if you haven't been there, you might be there now, especially if you're a younger Christian because when we're young in the Lord, we have to work out our salvation. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean you work for your salvation. You just got to work it out. And then it, it continues on in that very passage. It says, because it is him, it is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose and pleasure. So he is at work inside of you so that he would unite himself with your will wooing you if, if you will is that a good word woo wooing drawing you into this place of submitting your will into his it's because his will is at work in you he is at work in you to will and to act to walk out life according to his good purpose to his good pleasure but we got to work it out we have to work out our salvation with with fear and trembling so the lamb was slain. We have a new identity. We got this position, just like in a workplace. We got the benefit package. We got complete forgiveness of sins. We don't have to worry if we stumbled that now sin has gotten all over our clothes and we're gonna get fired, okay? You have a robe of righteousness that Jesus has covered you in. You are in Christ. You're hidden in him. He has covered you. He has atoned for your sins. He has made atonement. His blood was the propitiation. That word means a covering, an atonement, atoning cover over your sin. All of it. You're either under the blood or you're not. There's no arm sticking out of the blood and the rest of you is underneath. You're either under or you're not. If you have given your life to Jesus and said, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my life and be the Lord. You are in him. Because Ephesians 1 says, Having believed, He has marked you and sealed you. He's like, put a stamp of seal, a stamp of ownership, a seal of ownership on you, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of your inheritance. Somewhere in the first chapter, I can't quote the verse, probably like 17 or somewhere in there. But having believed, maybe it's 13. Having believed, the moment you came to faith in Jesus, you were marked, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. This one's mine. This one's name will never be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. So our benefit package, we, last week we talked about healing. Now, there's a lot of, of benefits in our salvation. Let's go ahead and look at uh, slide number 10. So this is Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 18. So the Ephesians one that I was just talking about, about being sealed by the Spirit, it's before this. But Verse 17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just receive it this morning. Soak it in. He wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. It's all about knowing him, knowing his heart for you, knowing what he says about you. Is, I know your plans, your, I know your thoughts. We sang it today. I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good. I know you hold my future and my hope. Your promises never fail. Those are good declarations we're singing. I don't know if when we're singing that, if you guys feel it, but I'm just like, I want to like dive into those words and like wear it. But that's what he wants. He wants to give us the Holy Spirit who will give us spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know him better. Paul prayed this, I pray that the light of God, the light of God, will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. What's going on in your imagination right now? Are you worried? Because that is an improper use of your imagination. Are you full of fear? What's God afraid of? So it's time to pray this prayer. <laughs> over your imagination, over your mind. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your and my imagination, flooding you and me with light until we, you, me, experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. Did you know you're a treasure chest? You are a walking treasure chest. When you got saved, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God came into you and sealed you for your inheritance, guaranteeing your inheritance. It was like the treasure, the most valuable treasure, like when they go and find a ship sunk on the bottom of the ocean and they're like, look at all the gold, all of the platoons. You have a treasure chest from the King of Kings, from his kingdom that was placed inside of you when you got saved. You have an inheritance, and there is an inheritance he sees in you and me. So let's look at slides 11 and 12. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within, so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Aha. There's a little key there. Don't think that you need to impress people with your gifts and your talents. He wants to impress people through you with his power. He wants it to be clear that that is God. Only God could do that in your life. You're not that good. <laughs> Think about it. When people sing a song, I always heard Chris Ballatin or someone say this. Bill, yes, Bill Johnson. Someone sings a really good song. He talks about how to, how to learn how to receive honor. You know, just don't be over humble about things. When, when someone compliments what you did, let's say you came up here and sang a song in front of all of us and we're like, that's so good, you just did awesome. And you're like, no, no, it was, it was all him, it wasn't me. And Bill Johnson's like, well, it was good, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> if it was God, it would be way different. But it's okay, we don't have to worry about touching the glory. We're not stealing his glory as if he's limited on how much glory he has. So if you dare to touch it or steal it, when people compliment you and, and give you honor, you can go before God in your private quiet place and say, thank you, Lord, that you blessed my life and you, you, know, you, you gave me some honor, but here, this belongs to you. But, but before people, we don't have to embarrass ourselves and say, um, you know, it's all God because it's not, it's not that good. So anyway, back to the scripture. Okay, so we carry this treasure in jars of clay so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience, here we go, guys, all of us. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. When you said yes to Jesus, you said, I lay my life down at your feet, Jesus. And I don't care what this life is going to look like, but I know I need you in my life. I need you at the center of who I am. I give you my life. Take me to the pits of hell if that's where I have to go. Take me to the jungles of Africa if I die for your name. That's where I'll go. But quitting is not an option. I'm either all in or I'm not going to do this. Sorry, that was a little bit of a Scott Passion moment. But quitting is not an option. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. Okay, now I want to pause before we go on to the next part there. All of us get hit and all of us take a downtime. We all get, get into it. All of us, there is not one person in this room. I could look at every person and you won't have to feel singled out. Okay, I'm gonna just take my time. I'm gonna look way back there. I'm gonna look at you too, You, you and you. We all get hit by stuff. The crap of life hits our fan and it goes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, God has grace. He has grace. But his grace does not say stay there as long as you want for the rest of your life. Go ahead and jump out of the race forever. Yeah. As long as you get into the kingdom by the skin of your teeth. You still smell like smoke when you get there, but at least you're in. I heard a, a woman say that one time about you know the treasures and stuff. She's like, I don't care as long as I get in. I'm like, well, anyway. Jesus, the Lamb of God, wants to receive the reward of his suffering. There's an inheritance that he sees in you and me. He sees treasure in that jar of clay, that jar that's been struck down, but not destroyed. It's been shattered, it's been crushed, it's been pressured, it's been put up against a wall and accused and blamed and maybe forsaken. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He is dead set on passionately pursuing you until you take your last breath. He is not going to stop pursuing you ever. He loves you and me with an undying love. This world has nothing else on it that he died for except for humans, except for us. He has nothing else on his agenda but to pursue you because he wants to see your life come into the fullness of what he created you and me for. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. What's the next slide? We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies. This is where I want to encourage you guys. I always forget to tell you, every Sunday we put communion stuff out. If, you, if we're not taking corporate communion like everyone all together And whether you you could choose to not take that, but I always put those out. If you want to take communion during the rest of the weeks that we're here or take communion at home, take the cup and the bread and hold it before the Lord and declare his death, what he paid for over the things in your life that need that upgrade. Jesus, you died that I would have joy. So I take this sadness, I take this depression, and I lay it at your feet because of this cross, because of the body and blood of Jesus. I receive your joy because it's what you died for, that I would walk in the fullness of joy. Jesus, we continually share in the death of Jesus, in our own bodies, so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. That is the treasure that's in us. It's the treasure of the Spirit of God that wants to be released. And he gets released when through the cross we put to death the things that have already been crucified, but sometimes we just have to kind of reckon it dead. We have to consider it dead, even though it wants to seem to manifest out of a habit or whatever. Those things of the flesh that need to be recognized as dead and buried on the cross and buried, died on the cross and buried in the grave. Those things, when we hold the cross before, those things we're saying, Jesus, you paid the price. You were crucified for this. This is part of the sin stuff that you died for. What do you have in exchange for me? What do you have to give me in place of this crud? And it's that treasure chest that he will pull from He's like, well, I've got joy for you. I've got peace for you. I've got righteousness to cover your filthiness, your your blunders and your mistakes. The list goes on and on. We consider living, I can't tell what verse that is, verse 11, we consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. If you're finding yourself stuck in a place where you're not experiencing newness of life, I'm not talking about everything around you and other people in your your family, in your house, that everyone's perfect and everyone's just like sparkling kingdom perfection. I'm talking about in your own life. If you're not... You can be like Paul and Silas hanging in the prison wall, chained against the wall and they chose in that moment to apply this principle, to hand over their own personal complaints to the, at the feet of Jesus because he died for something more. He died for freedom. He died for joy. And in that moment on the, on the jail walls where they were hanging, they began to worship and they began to sing praises to him. And the earthquake came and the shackles broke off of them and the whole jail all of the cell doors popped open that is a powerful move of the presence of God and that is what happens when we exchange when we make that exchange when everything around us can be crap it can be horrible I could walk into work and they could tell me 10 people called in sick today you're going to work till 10 tonight in the rain if it's raining 40 degrees out if it's still winter or spring. Everything around me can be ugly. But I got the what, what, what down in my heart. (laughs) I've got the joy. I've got the peace. I've got the, the love of God. I've got the presence of God all over me. I and you and me, we all together should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Doesn't mean we have to be happy about our circumstances. But it's about the inner world. It's... It's happy about what's going on on the inside because my focus has shifted from all of the whirlwind that you guys were talking about. Is that you, Naira? The whirlwind of stuff going on. We can focus on that and get dizzy and throw up and fall off into sickness, seasick, or we can look straight up to the eyes of our king and lock faces with him and let him pull you up, let him pull your perspective up into the throne room. Because that is where he says you and I are seated with him right now in the heavenly places. And when we come into that throne room, everything going on down below the clouds is a storm. But we are actually, our head is in the clouds. It's okay. It's okay to let your head get in the clouds. People could be like, how come you're not freaked out by what's going on? I got my head in the clouds. You don't have to be weird and say that to them. But the reality is... We are called, Paul said it in uh, Philippians chapter 3. No, Colossians chapter 3 says, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on things above. It's, It's a mindset of shifting from earth into heaven. And then when our mindset is locked into heaven, we get to take from heaven and let it come in through our mind and be released out of our lives. It's kind of like which direction are you flipping the toggle on the hose? You know, is it, anyway, that's a weird picture. But are you, you know, you want to either have the flow of the kingdom coming through you because you've, you're turned on towards him, or you can turn off towards him and there's going to be no flow. We can just be turned off and focused on earth, or we can be turned on to him and the life of God will flow through us. So we're going to wrap this up really quick here. Slide number 13. We've quoted this one lots of times. Romans 5, 17. Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. That's Adam. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? Thank you, David, for reminding us of this every week and Connie for stealing his thunder. Reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. And I would tattoo that on my body somewhere. (laughs) I would put that on the mirror. I would put that wherever I face battles, wherever I find the attack happening the most, that is where I'm going to put that scripture. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get a sticky note and I'm going to start sticking that verse. Reigning as a king in life. And join my regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness. He gave you a gift. He gave you a treasure. It's His perfect righteousness. You are a jar of clay and you're pounded on every side. But you're not destroyed because you have the life of Jesus in you. Because of the death of Jesus, you have the life of Jesus released in you. So let's stand up and put up that last one. There is about, not last one, but uh, slide 14. I popped this up last week. I had a little revelation about this this morning. You know, Randy Clark says, healing is central, not peripheral to the gospel. Healing is central. Healing doesn't mean just physical healing. Healing, and I wrote this down just in case I forgot any parts. Oh, maybe I didn't. No, I didn't, but... It's not just physical healing, it's spiritual healing. If you feel like your spirit, your heart has just gone through a beating, healing of your heart is central to the gospel. Healing of your emotions is central to the gospel. Jesus cares about every part of who you are. He cares about your dreams. He cares about your relationships. He cares about your heart, your mind. He cares about your physical body, your strength. Healing is the center of what Jesus came to die for. He came so that his life could be released in the earth, in human bodies, and that in your body you would receive healing and reconciliation and freedom and deliverance. Salvation. That is what Sozo is. That is what Jesus died for. If I didn't already say it. Sozo is just the Greek word for salvation. And it's interpreted in different ways in the New Testament as sometimes it's physical healing, sometimes it's when someone gets delivered of a demon, sometimes it's when someone gets reconciled to God. It's salvation. It's sozo. And it is healing. God wants to heal everything about us. So let's pray. I hope I didn't go too long. I didn't set the timer. So I'm going to make an opportunity this morning for anyone who wants to receive just some hands-on, more just patient and not rushed prayer. You can just come up at the end here and and we'll take some time and pray together. But God, I just thank you for this, this body. I thank you for this house that we call Legacy City Church. Though we're just a little church, we are a powerhouse of your presence, Lord. And I thank you that you show up every time, that you are here in our midst, that you are building and establishing a kingdom people with a kingdom mindset, a kingdom people who are learning to rule and reign in life through their regal authority, through their regal identity and the perfect gift of your righteousness. This morning, Lord, we just say, remind us again how you've clothed us how you've covered us in your presence. Remind us how we are are wrapped up in Christ, how our lives are now hidden in Christ. Remind us that we carry this treasure in jars of clay, that we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and that quitting is not an option. Thank you, Lord, that you don't give up on us, that you don't quit on us, that you call us from the, the bench and you say, come, just come stand by my side. Come stand by my side and look at things from how I see it. Get up on my shoulders, daughter. Let me pick you up and put you on my shoulders. Now look at what I see. Those things that were so big in your life. I'm so much bigger, he says. I'm the father that out." ways and outdoes any father on this planet because all fatherhood has come from me says the lord this morning god we just say we come to you father we come to you as sons and daughters we thank you for who you say we are we thank you for what jesus paid for on the cross that jesus blood paid it all and everything and anything we need is found in him. Thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing over every person in this room today. We just say let your blessing fall on every heart and mind. Let the crown of heaven of every son and daughter in this room, let the crown of sonship rest on every one of us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.